So friends, here is our world still, and such beautiful things, beautiful things happen and hard things too. I hope our hearts have remained and will remain tender, and that our hearts and eyes are soft to the scene. This is what we remain to be about over these many months that I have been away on sabbatical and still over the summer when this church is, my friends, not closed. We know there is no answer but to love each other. We bear witness against unnecessary destruction. And then we gather in community to practice being the person that we look in the mirror and we say, I want to be that person. We cannot do everything. You know these words if you've been here before. But we can do something, and that something is never nothing. So let us forget our perfect offering and remind ourselves that there is a crack in everything, including in us. Maybe we can say together, that is how the light gets in. So I don't have much time. Heather's like brief. I have not had um, many chances to, to speak in public, so um, <laughs> I was tempted to go on and on and on. What I want you to know is that my daily routine has shifted over these last several months of being away. And I, I can't say thank you enough to you, including especially to, to Heather um, and to staff and to lay leaders, some of whom I've seen you at CVS at Market Basket in the middle of a Tuesday afternoon. And you do that weird like shopping cart, like turnaround thing, like you haven't really seen me. <laughs> because you're not sure if it breaks the rules for you to say to me, hi. <laughs> and it does, but it's okay. <laughs> but my routine has shifted from, uh, from emails and um, worrying about pledge campaigns. I'm actually still a little worried, so if you haven't put in your pledge, my friend Kevin is right there. He's very worried. And, and hospital visits, which I do all the time, that you know, many people don't know what it is clergy do. So much of our work, as Heather and Jessica know, is just literally unseen. No, no one sees the places that we go, but we're there with you. And then also the sermon ideas that I have to write on scrap paper, even my hand, because inspiration strikes when I'm least prepared. All of that has been set aside to a different routine that is marked by some hours that I've been spending every day on the book, and on my best days, the book is halfway done, and on the worst days, I'm halfway undone. <laughs> Followed by errands to the store, getting mulch or cleaning behind the bathtub, the hundred years of um, accumulated whatever that is behind the bathtub. <laughs> And also every day grabbing mail from the mailbox, the dog following me because his routine has become over our time together. He and I are on sabbatical together. He puts the mail in his mouth and he takes it to the kitchen next to the bowl where he drops it on the floor like the junk mail that it is to receive the five calorie liver award of Pavlovian tastiness that I have given him. <laughs> now you're thinking for all of this, we're giving Nathan a sabbatical? <laughs> I want us to know this discovery that I had, that I'm having, which almost no one gets to do. That until I interrupted my work routine, I didn't quite realize how much of my identity, my sense of self-worth, is connected to what it is that I do in the world. 
Maybe this is true for you. We, we get so many cues, big and small, that our worth is tied to what it is that we offer. Right? How much we produce, how much we perform. And just imagine all the ways that, that you and I are commodified in the culture that we live in. Kids, your self-esteem is connected to your test scores. Adolescence, your worth is tied to the post-high school preparations. And I want, you should consider yourselves lucky that I was not here to preach at the world during the college exam cheating scandal. Because I, I would have mentioned it every single Sunday. <laughs> Parents, your worth is tied to the success of your kids and the evaluation of your peers, that is the cul-de-sac competition of kids and landscaping architecture and cars that gets thrown down in our suburbs. And adults, our value is tied to how much you earn, what zip code you have, how much you can influence, and maybe as you get older, your value is tied to what you can still do, to all the volunteering that you offer, thank you Barbie, how well your body works, and how well you have retained your memory. This is a tough culture to live in. That's depressing, Nathan, on a beautiful June day. <laughs> hey, I'm back, right? But it leads me to what I wanted to say, because I was watching the news last night, which is also something I started to do. I don't know why, but I haven't. And I was watching the Pride festivities in Boston on the news, and there was a guy there, and he looked younger than me, just a little bit. And he said to the camera, when I was a kid, being gay was about the worst thing in the world that a person could be. So I was born in 71. Like that, that was true in my all boys high school too. And then he said, and no one thought that I was worth anything. But now he said, I get to come to a parade and people are celebrating me, me for not anything about that I'm doing or performing or earning. They're just celebrating me for being me for no other reason that I am just me. And then he said, that is awesome. And there's that word awesome. It's a word that's been domesticated by the Target ads that say awesome sock sales for dad on Father's Day. And we lose the meaning of the word. And what the word means is to be smacked with amazement and slapped with wonder and surprised by joy. And here's what I, I just want us to know. I want us to, to, today, tomorrow, this week, to stand in the mirror and for a moment to not evaluate the new wrinkle, the fold, the extra pound, the worry lines, the too many pimples, the evaluation, the performance, the identity of doing and being, the notion that we are, we are only worth what it is we give to the world. I just want us to stand in the mirror 
Take a sabbatical from all of that measuring and look in the mirror and just be filled with amazement that you, my friends, and I, we are alive. We are here. You are enough. I'm enough. You're enough. And in this room, it does not matter how you come in, but here in this place, each of you are blooming in your own particular way. And you, each of you, are awesome. That's my sabbatical discovery over these months. So, indeed, you are fine, and I am fine, but the thing is, is that we are made better together, that I believe. So you will see me back in September. By then, I pray that the book is indeed done. I have missed you desperately. I love you as a people, as a congregation, and I am privileged, deeply, deeply privileged to be one of your ministers.